This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Welcome back to BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Eddie Gross, Joe Ostrowski, and Aaron Hawksworth here with you. Joining us now is Rick Camp from 4 for 4 and BetSperts. You can follow him on Twitter at Rick C. Camp. Let's talk about last night and the Lakers Nuggets. And even though Denver is up one game to nothing, I was really impressed with the adjustments, uh, particularly putting Hachimura uh, on Jokic in the second half uh, on the Lakers end. And it does feel like that even though the Lakers lost, there is a lot to be optimistic about if you are a Lakers fan. In terms of betting this series, is there something that the Lakers did well that leads you to believe that the series could go a while, or maybe there's even some value taking the Lakers outright. I thought going into it, if you were someone that wanted to back the Lakers to not bet pre-series and wait till after game one, just because Denver's, you know, been the nuts on at, at home in game one, they've been fantastic. So I, I figured they were going to win game one. I'm, I like the move, obviously, that Darvin Ham made, but also Michael Malone didn't really make an adjustment off of it yet. So I'm not rushing to bet the Lakers. I think whatever you thought going into this series could have been proven by what you saw last night. Uh, I still I haven't bet series on for either of these teams because I have futures both ways for them, Anthony Davis, Western Conference MVP, and uh, uh, Nuggets title future. So I haven't bet... Mm-hmm bet it in that regard but if you ask me looking at that both teams shot very similarly who who played more over their head offensively i would say the lakers did Mm -hmm. now just you know the nuggets have better offensive players it's just kind of what it is so do the nuggets need to make the adjustments from here absolutely i'm not 100 percent sure what those are maybe it is just getting lebron in actions more making sure whoever anthony davis is trying to guard is in the action more that could be things they do just to try and you know not let anthony davis just chill in the pain as much that's definitely in the third in late third and in the fourth what ended up happening but i still feel pretty good about the nuggets i i liked the nuggets a little bit but figured it was going to be a long series regardless uh going in and i feel like yesterday while it was an incredibly fun game and everybody shot the lights out and that's not going to keep happening, I thought it just more mm-hmm. reinforced kind of what I thought series-wide going in. Okay. So do you think uh, that was an over-adjustment on the total for game two? It jumped up five full points at 227, thinking, well, that, that shooting isn't going to continue? Or is maybe the, the game one total was a little too low and proper adjustment? 
I think game one total was a little low. Five points is quite a bit, especially when you look at, it felt like the pace was a lot quicker than it ended up being. You had like 96 and a half is essentially where the pace was for this game, which Mm -hmm. surprises me, which for the playoffs isn't as slow as some have been, but it was also just, okay, if next game you get more regression shooting wise from both of these teams who they did from three, they both ended up below 50%, which is wild that that meant regression towards the end of the game. But I'm, I'm probably going to stay away from the total. I think it, it's, it might be a hair high at, at this point. But if, if, this, if this, I think this game is going to, this series is going to slow down as it goes. Yeah. Just because of the, the Nuggets are good in the half court generally. And just the Lakers, I think it's better for them to slow the game down a bit. Be, like, be selective in your running. When you have numbers, run. Running for running's sake maybe not quite as much just because then you can, you can try and expose Jamal Murray. I think that's another thing that Denver's going to have to do is try and keep Jamal Murray out of Dodge even more. I'm not exactly sure how they're going to do that, but those are your main goals is get Anthony Davis and LeBron involved more and keep Jamal Murray out of Dodge as much because Jokic is just going to be involved. It's just, just going to happen on both sides. So <laughs> Total-wise, I think I'm just going to stay away game two and do kind of what I normally do and lean towards props. Yeah, well, let's get into that. Um, Who might you be looking at prop-wise? One guy I've been just curious about overall is Anthony Davis because one night he could go off when it comes to points or it could be the opposite and he goes off and rebounds and his points total is down. Would you be looking at points plus rebounds? PRA or do you just stay away from him and you're looking elsewhere? I've been burned by Anthony Davis enough where I'm just staying away (laughs) at this point in the playoffs. (laughs) Uh, You know, it's, it's just one of those where I'm not even necessarily recommending other people do it. I just can't do it to myself anymore. And Mm -hmm. we all need more self-help and that's one way I can help myself is just staying away from Anthony (laughs) Davis. (laughs) So one thing I looked at and I played uh, a Jokic over one and a half threes, it was plus plus one eighty. Uh, on BetMGM in game one, and he only had three attempts. But the thing is, Jokic doesn't take threes unless they're a high-quality attempt generally or it's like an end-of-clock situation. And he has examples against, especially it was against like Rudy Gobert, who didn't want to come out much at all, that Mm -hmm. he he took like eight threes. He had a four for eight and a five for eight game in the first round. So if he's given those opportunities, which if I'm the Lakers – and I have to deal with something from Jokic, I'll deal with his three-point shooting if that's what it takes. So I think that's just going to be something that they're going to try and give him regardless of who ends up guarding him. And, you know, if it's Hachimura or Vanderbilt or Davis, they'll stay close enough to be able to, you know, disrupt some of the passing lanes and try and limit that a little bit, but also let him shoot the three if that's what he wants to do. So... Mm -hmm. You know, Jokic threes is probably something I'm going to ride with for a little while, for sure. I love that. Yeah, let's move on now uh, to the Eastern Conference Finals. Game one is tonight between the Heat and the Celtics. Miami is an eight-and-a-half-point dog, the total 210-and-a-half. One idea that I have that I was able to get uh, Joe on board with is if you're siding with Miami, you might as well take them on the money line. And at plus 290, it does feel like there's some real value there. What do you think about that approach? I agree. 
I, I think eight and a half, and, and that like I think that's a little strong. So if I was to play Miami, it would be the money line in that regard. Uh, the thing is, I still think it's a Boston series. I just, from a betting perspective, they've really become detestable in these playoffs because it's like, no, we see <laughs> what you are. But they just want to mess around. They just want to yeah. play with their food, and it's annoying because it's like, no, you're good enough, and you have shown you're good enough to beat this team in five, whatever it ends up being. But you know what? We're just going to mess around. Eh, six, seven. What's the worst that could happen in a one-game scenario, you know? But I, I still think it's a Boston series. They just match up too well. The thing that I'm interested in, especially from the Boston side, is is this a too-big series? Does it come down from definitely not Brad Stevens that Robert Williams has to start, uh, at least to start the series? Because if they go more one big, I think this is a series where it would be more Horford than Robert Williams. And with that said, uh, I liked, I played uh, Al Horford to lead the series in rebounds at uh, plus 3,000. So that's just something that if it's a too big series, this, you know, this is pretty well dead. But if you only get, you know, a few minutes each half with both of them on the floor, and it ends up being Horford with a lot of time. It's going to probably come down to Horford and Tatum in that mm-hmm. regard. But if it comes down to maybe two dudes mo- at most three and he's at 30, it's just a number that I want to attack. That's a good look because uh, once they made those changes over the last couple of games, Horford was averaging 10 and a half rebounds in those games. I would be surprised if they go away from it. The way I know it's a different situation different personnel and matchup, all that stuff. But how do you finish that Sixers series going back to last year? And then, now, and then, okay, now let's go away from it with the new series. And if we have to go back to that, then, then we'll go. I, I don't think so. Um, uh, and well, yeah. a quick thing with that, a quick yeah. thing with that too, is Boston shown they want to have uh, Robert Williams roam a little bit and almost closer to like what you saw LeBron trying to be, as opposed mm-hmm. to what Anthony Davis was trying to be. So, if anything, if we're thinking starting lineups, it would probably be Robert Williams on Kevin Love and Al Horford on Bam, which would generally put Al Horford in better proximity to the basket. And Robert Williams has shown kind of in those non-uncontested rebounds, he's a little more deferential to Tatum and pretty much anybody else. He's kind of got a little bit of that Steven Adams in him when he was with Russell Westbrook. So it sounds stupid, but for as dumb as rebound props can be, you have to know who's, who's willing to give them up. Yeah. What's a serious bet? What do you, you say it's Boston, but nobody's betting Boston minus 500. Are no, you doing minus no. a game and a half? Are you betting number of games or anything? I'm, I, I don't think there's value on it right now for Boston. I think they've just been bet out too much. I'm almost yeah. I'm almost hoping Miami wins game one so that I can then come back and just see what those prices are at that point. Maybe it's still too much, but you know, you could say Boston coming off of the game seven, maybe they're not playing as well. It is part of the reason that I like the over is just partially because of what we saw last night where it's the adjustments haven't really been made yet, especially with Eric Spolstra. He's probably going to start a little more generic and with Joe Missoula, does he know what to do defensively in terms of adjustments? Who the hell knows? And these are teams that are both going to want to shoot threes. So it feels like these are either going to be way over or way under games in this series. 
Uh, and I'm sure the total is going to trend down and the defense things will get the screws will get tightened a little bit as the series goes. But as things are a little looser to start, I'm more willing to bet an over and especially at a total this low. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Speaking of shooting threes, how do you rate Max Struess in this series? Are you expecting him to get a lot more minutes? Do you think looking at his three-point props or even three-point leader in the series is plus 350 not a ton of value are you looking to play him anyway or fade him I was looking at that three-point number for game one and it's getting it's getting bet to where the juice is more than my, like minus 120 and for a lot for a vast majority of props if, if juice is getting past minus 120 I just don't want to mess with it at that point mm-hmm. I would almost rather wait for an alt line or, or just you know play it out and see if it comes back down a little bit closer to tip. I think he is going to have to play a good amount just because of the, the relative, like the size of the, of the players and the wings on Boston. I mean, he's, it's just better for him in that matchup series wise, because the Knicks were much more traditionally sized, if anything, a little more towards big where Boston is bigger overall, but on the wings, it's still, fairly traditional for them and they play a lot of lineups where it could be like Grant Williams at the four they're just playing a little bit smaller to where Struess is probably going to have to be out there a good amount so I haven't played any Max Struess at this point but mm-hmm. uh, it just hasn't been my focus like I have the Horford angle and then like Kyle mm-hmm. Lowry interests me in this uh, in, in this series where Kyle Lowry four and a half assists tonight if we're going to have an over I like that, and that's plus Ooh. money as far as I'm seeing it. And also, mm-hmm. you can find Kyle Lowry to have more assists in this series total, not average, but total, than uh, than Marcus Smart. That's plus 285. So I like mm-hmm. that a good amount just because with the depth that Boston has in the backcourt, if Marcus Smart's having a disaster game, then he could be out of there. Brogdon could get more minutes. Derek White could get more minutes. And I feel like even though Kyle Lowry is coming off the bench, his role is solid. He's their second creator. That was where they really started to play better towards the end of last series was when he was creating off the weak side when Jimmy's, you know, when Jimmy or Bam are attacking. And he's really efficient in terms of his opportunities. So Kyle Lowry, more assists than Marcus Smart, plus 285 is a number that I think is kind of crazy. Boy, that does make a lot of sense. Not to mention, you know, Lowry's role could very well evolve in a series like this, uh, you know, playing even more minutes. I mean, there's nothing that's saying that he can't do that. Uh, So that definitely makes a good bit of sense here. While you're here, uh, turns out that Victor Wimbanyama is going to be a San Antonio Spur. And the Spurs are very much in an interesting spot where they could try and go all in and try and win immediately, uh, or they can wait. And there's some real flexibility as far as that's concerned. Uh, when we look ahead to, to next season and the season after that, at what point do you want to start tailing the Spurs? Not yet. It's going to be a while because if you know that organization, like they understand player development. They generally don't rush things. 
The thing that makes this offseason interesting is because I think it's going to be an absolute bonanza. When you look at what the restrictions of the new CBA put in for especially a lot of your teams that want to be contending, that are making coaching changes right now, you know, that are at pivot points. Because if you're over the tax lines, there is going to be a lot of restrictions that were not there before. So like the Clippers, I would almost guarantee the Clippers are bound to make a big move this offseason just because they have all these salaries that are in that 10 to 20 million range that are perfect aggregating salaries for a star. When you spend as much as they are in the new CBA, not for this offseason, but starting the offseason after, you are not allowed to aggregate salary in trade. So that whole strategy they built up along with having more talent is not going to be able to be used. So they have to make that move this offseason if they are going to make it at all. So could the Spurs maybe do some stuff around the edges, like be part of deals like that? It is maybe a third team or just, you know, help facilitate some other stuff. Sure, but it's going to be at least a couple years probably. I, I won't be betting them for like play-in or anything at all this season. Also, just the rest of the guys around them still kind of suck. Like I, I like Devin Vassell a decent amount. Jimmy <laughs> Sohan showed some signs. But, I mean, this team was awful for a reason this year. And Wemenyama's going to make his mistakes, and that's okay. And they're going to be really careful with him. And even though that division's probably not going to be that great, so there could be a little bit of a boost there. The West depth overall is still going to be really good. So enjoy him this year. Maybe find individual angles as we're going throughout a regular season to be able to bet him. But I'm not touching him at all, anything, you know, for a while. My biggest intrigue is what does Portland decide to do with number three? Because they could trade it for a star. They could, getting that could mean trading Dame. It's, they could go one of two directions and they're completely opposite. Good stuff there. Rick Camp from 4 for 4 in Betspurts. Thank you so much for your time. We greatly appreciate it. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, we're taking a look at some of our other PGA Championship bets like top 20s, make or miss the cut, and whatever else we can bet on right here on the BetQL Network.